How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 150 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you guys so much for joining us on your favorite audio podcast mm-hmm. platform. We are so grateful to you, and as always, we are here in the in the middle of remodeling Drew Estate Cigar Studios. And let's talk about the beautiful new Barn Smoker program. It is back in 2022, bigger and better than ever before, announced during the February 17th Freestyle Live broadcast. We have a Florida Barn Smoker in Claremont, Florida, May 13th through the 15th, a Pennsylvania Barn Smoker in Strasburg, Pennsylvania, July 15th and 16th, Connecticut Barn Smoker in Ellington, Connecticut, August 12th through the 14th. Kentucky Barn Smoker in Hopkinsville, September 30th through October 1st. And the big daddy of them all, the Savage Feast in Parker, Texas, October 21st and 22nd. On the Friday night before every barn smoker, Drew Estate will host DE25 exclusive pre-parties where those lucky enough to attend will be the first to experience new Drew Estate cigar launches. The DE25 exclusive pre-parties take the place of the original single-day DE25 that was postponed last year due to COVID-19. These five new DE25 exclusive pre-parties will allow the Drew Estate uh, will allow Drew Estate to share their milestone with more people in an intimate setting to enjoy spirits, appetizers, and savor succulent pork roasted from a heritage pig. Dance to live music, entertainment, and beats spun by DJ Eli. Meet Drew Estate's ambassadors and enjoy their special cigars, as well as experience Drew Estate's newest cigars. For more info about the 2022 Barn Smokers, including a full breakdown of the ticket tier prices and the options they offer, please visit barnsmoker.com. So, yeah, as you guys can see, things... Succulent. (laughs) Succulent. That word, it's said su- succulent. Succulent. I did say succulent. It's as you word. guys, as you guys can see, mm. things look a little bit different here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios. We are in the midst of a remodel, so uh, the uh, yeah, things are going to be progressing into new and fun, different backgrounds that we have uh, that we're working on. Uh, one of them that will be featured prominently in the future this uh, this lovely sign that. Um, is actually on 200-year-old uh, oak from a tobacco barn in Kentucky that was given to us by a good friend. And my neighbor, who's a, uh, a Maplewood police officer, uh, actually is also a woodworker, and he's got a laser engraver, so he laser engraved our, our logo on that beautiful old piece of oak from a tobacco barn. So uh, it's a uh, you know, little bit work in progress in the studio here, but it's all good. It's upgrades for you because we love you so much. We do. True story. Um, So just a little bit of small talk, um, just to start things out. So we just got back from Ristafari, so big thanks to Risty and Tanya and the whole family. Put on a great event, had a great time seeing everybody again. Um, The weather sucked, but, you know, it is what it is. What do you do? Um, The Minnesota Wilds suck. Who? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, they, They win eight and then they lose 10 and then they win six and then they lose 12. And it's just, it's been a crazy roller coaster. Baseball is back, baby. I'm so excited. Oh, we were, we've been uh, very sad thinking that the baseball season was not going to happen, but the baseball season is going to happen. 
So we're very excited for that. Twins have been making moves. Mm-hmm. I don't recall his name, but we picked up a a, a good starting pitcher from Cincinnati. Um, and Charlie Sheen. Charlie Sheen. Yes. Well, uh, what was his name? Wild. Th- I I don't remember his actual name. Wild Thing was his like nickname in the right. move, the pitcher. I don't remember his actual name. Somebody put it in the comments. Yeah, so you guys know what was the. Um, Sheen's characters and there's a uh tampa bay just just signed a new quarterback um did they you know he's he's a little bit older but you know i i think he's had a little bit of success in the in the league before in the uh, last 24 years john gravy or <laughs> some i don't i don't know something he's he's a quarterback who's had a little you know a little success in the league mm-hmm. In the past, and so Tampa signed him, and Ryan I mean, Leaf. We'll, we'll see how it, Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. We'll see how it goes. I yeah. guess you know. Good luck to Tampa. I guess you know he's a he, he. You know, maybe this guy can make a name for himself. Yeah. Who knows? And then we offered our quarterback even more money for an extension. Yeah. Restructured it that frees <laughs> up fourteen million. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Good luck with that. Yep. Good luck with that. Um, the Packers re-signed Brett Favre. Ricky Vaughn. Ricky Vaughn. Thank oh, you. Yes. Um, the Packers re-signed Brett Favre. Uh, and now there's there are no <laughs> there are no pennies left to uh, pay anybody else on the team. So you realize you just said Brett Favre. Did I say Brett Favre? You did. Oh say my Brett gosh! Favre. I'm so sorry. I said. <laughs> well, I was thinking about Tom Brady pulling a Brett Favre. Uh, but no, the the I can't believe I just said Brett Favre. The Packers re-signed Aaron Rodgers. That's the quarterback I'm thinking of. Um, and now there's no money left for any other players. So the the we're in the same boat. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um. So let's what is let's get on? to our special guest of the evening. Uh, for for a returning appearance on How About That Cigar Live. And guys, as always, you know that special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to us by our good friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would please put your hands together for another appearance on How About That Cigar Live from Ferry Otego, Michael Herklotz. Welcome back to the show, brother. What's happening? What is up, brother? Life is beautiful. Nice Life to see you guys. It's great to see you, man. And I know we've seen you at the show, you know, a couple shows. We saw you at the Great Smoke a few weeks ago. But the last time you were on the show, hindsight is a little ironic and funny. Because... It was just butting up to the to the news, to all the things. And I'm sure you were sitting on the show like Well, I, hang on. When oh no, we I was on a year ago. No, he was on after the was he? Yeah. 
This is his third time on the show. Nice. Nice. Oh, I totally remember that. My bad. I mean, I was thinking of the time before that. You see what I have to put up with, Michael? Yeah, this is third time. First time was just before announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Second time was almost exactly a year ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. um, Which we had announced Ferio, but we did not have um, route to market. Right. We didn't know how we were going to be distributed. Um, obviously we had no cigars. All we had was ideas. Um, so it's still been a hell of a lot in a relatively short amount of time. Yeah. But it's been a crazy year. I don't expect to remember <laughs> it all. You know, oh, it's all good. Especially, you know, meaningful interviews. Like yeah. That I mean, one. Yeah. Thanks, bro. Yeah. No, just, <laughs> it's kind of my role here. That's, that's what I do. Uh, comic relief. I'm yeah. the, I'm the straight man. He's the comic relief. He's yeah. You know, I'm the I'm, short memory. I'm the uh, uh, Costello, you know, and he's Abbott, or is it the other way? I don't remember. I don't remember which is yeah. which. Who's on first? It's Very Otego. Very Otego's on first. Hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, um, this is brought to us by Corona Cigar, and I'm going to be at Corona Cigar next month. Three days. Nice. Uh, I think 19th, 20th, 21st, we're doing uh, Tampa something Orlando. Awesome. So he just Joe. posted it on his site, but three days back to back with Jeff. And uh, I can't the wait. Three and different locations. Three different locations, three nights. And we are actively booking um, Texas. And I saw Jay is on. Yeah. And uh, Jay has been an unbelievable supporter even since before we had anything to ship, just incredibly enthusiastic and tremendous advocacy for us. Um, you know, I've thanked him every time I see him, but since he's on, I want to thank him again. Absolutely. And um, his display what, of our products are just amazing. So we're going to get the Texas What a great too. advocate for this industry. Um, Jay is just, I mean, he, he chimes into our show. He's at all the events. He's, um, he's out there obviously he has a successful retail business, but more than that, he is just a good dude that, I mean, how do you not love Jay? So encourage everybody to get to know Jay, check out his store. And uh, there's tons of shout outs, but I got to do one more. Do it. My man, my, my man, Chris Brown. I just saw he was watching. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Chris is the reason I'm in the cigar business. Yeah, I, I remember you saying I think that. We've right? told that story on this show before, but we I have. just saw his name pop up, so I want yeah. to shout out to Chris and okay. shout out to everybody else. There he is. Well, I think uh, Matt wants to get into a yeah, cigar I'm, here. I'm gonna I'm He's... gonna fire something up here. So uh, I wonder if this because we're in different surroundings. So I'm like, is my we're kind of my headphone cable gonna reach? But we're about to find out because it's time for the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam Toast Cam. When lighting your cigar. It is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become, become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DumbartonCigars.com to learn more. Mm. So I told Michael before we went live that I reached into my vault and I pulled out some beautiful. These are my last three for us tonight on the show of the uh, 
the Joel, Sher Joel Sherman 75th celebration cigar. Um, Very cool. Still just memorable back to when I first smoked it. It was actually recommended by Coop back when he, because he named it Cigar of the Year, I think. In That's right. Uh, and after he recommended it, I went and bought a couple boxes. And these are these are the last few. I think I know a guy who's got more um, actually here in town. Um, so retail. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So I'll be uh, be reaching out to him and seeing if that it's is funny. It's funny. You know, th that that cigar was a very special cigar. It's really it's it's one of the blends I'm still most proud of. Certainly projects I'm most proud of. Um, but. I mean, let's face it, six and a half by uh, 46 with a Connecticut wrapper, not exactly finger on the pulse of what's hot. You know what I mean? Um, Especially at that time when it came out. Yeah. yeah. But the cigar was incredible. But it, you know, it, it, it became one of those kind of geek cigars that people really kind of looked for and sought out. Mm -hmm. But when, when the announcement came, um, that Natrum was closing, I was shocked to see um, the fervor that people had to scoop up these, like yeah. looking everywhere, posting, searching for them. JR had a bunch of them left. What? And they sold out in like 24 hours, like 40 boxes or 30. It was crazy. Oh, I wish I had known that. That's all right. But yeah, it was... Um... I think it's a brilliant, brilliant blend and oh my god, one that's so uh, you know, been I've been a fan of, you know, like I and said, it's, it's it's standing up to time too. I mean, you're mm. what are we eight years, yeah, of aging, and it's still got body. And I had one about six months ago. Yeah, uh, Mark, you need to delete that message. I will talk to you. What are you doing? I know Why? there are four shot hiding on the bottom. He's lying, you guys. Right. He's trolling. We'll talk. Go buy them. Go buy them and enjoy them because they're fantastic. Absolutely, they're amazing. So, um, Michael, first of all, it was great to see you, even if it was only briefly. It was great to see you at the Great Smoke. Um, yeah, man. Again, a fantastic job co-hosting that event. Yeah. Um, and more kudos to Abe uh, and the whole team there for putting on another incredible Great Smoke. They, they, they. It was hard to follow what they did in 2021, what you guys did in 2021, but uh, 2022 was absolutely incredible. Um, and, you know, hats off to you guys for running, running a really great show. And, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you're so engaging with everybody who's up there and, um, you know, it really shows that, that it's, you know, it's just about the relationships and the conversations more than the, you know, the cigars are fantastic, but it's yeah. more about the relationships and the conversations. I think any any chance um, we get to help deliver, um, I was going to say to deliver intimacy. That does not sound right. It's not, <laughs> not, not no. what I'm trying to make. But but to get inside, to learn a little something more about the people, their backgrounds, their characters. You know, to to feel more um, from these folks than just you know enjoying their cigars that's a pretty cool thing to be able to do. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy being able to do those interviews and, and connect with consumers and folks who are on the ground. You know, it's just a lot of fun. And you're good at it. Like, uh, you know, you do really well with, um, I mean, anybody who knows you knows you can riff and, and the drop of a hat, 
and and you've got that style but the the back and forth and the you know the interviewing style that you have i'm i'm all about so you know kudos to yeah, you thanks, you do a really good job man it was great i can't wait till next year it'll be here before we know it i know no it's crazy so <clears throat> take us back through you know there it's like we said a little bit it's been um a very full 18 months for you past 18 months for you <laughs> to say the least so you know take us sort of back through you know the 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 mental roller coaster and the emotional roller coaster for you from you know first um you know learning about everything going on with the the legacy brands to starting up Ferio Tego to PCA with with no order sheets and no product and then finally you know finally sh getting that product into the public's hands and and to where you are now take us through that last 18 months and and what the roller coaster has really kind of meant to you well um let me speed through the first let's say eight months yeah um and if anyone wants to hear that saga they can go back and watch the last two episodes yeah. Um, that we've recorded. But since we were last together, um, we made a lot of progress. Uh, we really got to work at the end of 2020, um, initially with the Ferriotego blends and brands, re-engaging with our factories, um, partners, Placencia, Nicaragua, Casada, and DR. Um, and you know, that was, uh, that was a real immediate spring to action. Once, once um, the decision was made for Ferriotego specifically, that I was going to go on my own, stay in the business, and, and launch a brand, um, we got to work right away with the factories. But without having any real plan um, or any real money for that point, for that matter, <laughs> because we had just spent it all in acquiring the brands, um, you know, I have to really give credit to the Casadas, Placencias, and Cigar Rings. They, all three of them, once we kind of walked them through what the high-level idea was, they all said, whatever you need, you got, and we'll start. Don't worry about it. And that's a pretty special, um, it's a pretty special opportunity to get a, mm -hmm. to, to, to get a real head start there with their support. Um, but we announced the acquisition of the of the former Nat Sherman brands in January, but we actually concluded that um, transaction at the end of the year. So we had gotten a little bit of work done and kind of behind the scenes work, but the factories largely closed through the holidays. So there wasn't much to do anyway. But once January hit, we really um, jump started production, but we still didn't have a real plan as to how we were going to sell the cigars into market. Um, so we were exploring a lot of options. And so the factories were being very gracious, um, but they also had a high degree of confidence that by the time the cigars were ready, we would have a plan to sell. And really shortly after our conversation uh, a year ago, we announced our distribution agreement with Davidoff USA. Yeah, And uh, that is a, again, it's, it's one of these kind of, magical um stars aligning i had obviously i worked for davidoff for almost 10 years uh early in my career i spent the next 
nine years at Nat Sherman working with Davidoff um, as a manufacturing partner. They make our Metropolitan host. And so we always had a very close relationship. We maintained a close relationship throughout the trying to sell Nat Sherman and maintained a close relationship as we were shutting down Nat Sherman. So when we shared the news that, um, that we bought the brands back, we obviously were staying in close touch to build back up some inventory and reestablish production. And it was through those ongoing conversations that they brought up the idea of how are we going to market? And we shared some of our ideas, some of the people we were talking to, and, uh, and they suggested that we um, have a deeper conversation about what that might look like from a Davidoff perspective. And to be honest with you, it didn't go well when we were first kind of talking it through because we were taking a very conventional approach to distribution and it really wasn't in their model and that wasn't really our model either. Um, but then we kind of uh, took a step back and said, well, let's think about this differently. And, and what if instead of just doing a, a, a typical fulfillment plan, let's actually consider um, incorporating Ferriotego into the Davidoff USA portfolio. So not just fulfillment, but more importantly, representation. Um, and full inclusion in the portfolio. So next to and adjacent to Camacho and and Zeno and Avo, um, that Ferriotego joins the portfolio, and that was really quite a um, quite an interesting um, option. And so ultimately, that's where we netted out. And so now today, we started officially selling in October. Um, with the Ferriotego limited releases, um, followed shortly thereafter by the two blends of Timeless from Dominican Republic and then the two Timeless from Nicaragua in November. But by the end of 2021, we were in about 400 stores um, with uh, four core blends and two limiteds. That's a, that's a pretty significant uh, amount of progress in a very short amount of time due entirely to um, the support of our three manufacturing partners, Davidoff in Honduras, Casada in Dominican, Placencia in Nicaragua, Cigar Rings in Dominican for printed materials, Humidif Group for boxes for Ferriotego. Uh, you know, it was about six countries, seven countries all working together to, to get everything up and running and, and in a warehouse. And we also had Metropolitan in the warehouse by the end of the year. We just waited until January to release it just to give everyone breathing room because Jay Davis said, if I release one more thing in 2021, <laughs> he's going to have a heart attack. Um, so we waited until January and then released Metropolitan. But here we are now. It's March. So that's October, November, December, January, February, five and a half months. We're in almost 600 stores um, with nine blends in market. That is really um Awesome. Very exciting. Ridiculous. I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> that Generoso. It's pretty good. <laughs> I can't even look at you because it's so good. <laughs> um, I was, it, it's, it's uh, sold out at a couple of the shops that I can get it up here. Um, how's inventory? <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's let's so and we're so asking selfishly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, well, I'll tell you what, though. There, there is some out there. I don't know if yeah. Jay has any left. Um, but if he does, I highly recommend calling Jay. 
I know there were a couple, there was a store in Arizona that still had some left uh, Ambassador Fine Cigars. They had a little, um, who did I just talk to that had some left? Uh, Jack Schwartz in Chicago had some oh, left. Yeah. Hmm. Mickey Blake's in Southington, Connecticut had some left. So there's, there's, there's a little out there. Um, and we're, we're closely approaching the 2022 release. So hopefully yeah. we will fully exhaust the 21s and the 22 should be, you know, May timeframe we're hoping. Mm. So talk to us a little bit about, because there was a lot of, obviously there was a lot of anticipation built around the, the specifically the Elegancia and the, and the Generoso. And not only was there a lot of anticipation around it after the fact, because the anticipation is great, but it's, it's, it's sort of that excitement, you know, where the roller coaster is going up the hill, getting ready to go down that first hill. And then the responses started coming in from retailers, from media, from uh, consumers and responses as far as i've seen far and wide have been overwhelmingly positive so just you know tell us when you just how how you take that all in when when you put so much you know thought and uh you know sweat and um you know just work into something like yeah. that what does it's that feel awesome like? it feels great man yeah um you know i i had it you know i I tasted that feeling in the past with um, releasing Timeless, releasing a Joel Sherman. You know, I was I was very fortunate to be able to um, uh, create so many blends and bring them to market. But I did it uh, for a brand that wasn't mine, and so there was a little bit of a feeling of being a ghostwriter, where you know you you do the best work you can do, but ultimately it's not your um, name as the author; it's the brand that you work for, which is great. That's the, that's the job. I was honored to do it. I loved doing it. Um, but this is a very different feeling because now this is, um, this is mine and it's Brendan's. And so there's a, there's a, there's a different degree of, of, um, of pressure, I guess. Um, not that it was less pressure to, to release something before, but just have more writing on it. Um, so to see um, people's, responses as favorable was obviously um tremendously rewarding and fulfilling um to then see the reorders and the accolades and the reviews and that really is something else but i'll tell you one of the most meaningful things is just when i saw people i know um post photos like people that are just friends of mine um, that went out and spent their money to buy my brand. That was really, it's, it's a, it's an incredible humbling thing. I went to a buddy's house here in town for his wife's birthday party and he had this great fire pit outside and everything was great. And he's a big cigar guy. And I went out and he had a box of Ferio Elegancia and a box of Generoso open for the fire pit. Nice. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I went in town. I bought these today at Ridgewood Tobacco. I'm like, oh, my God, that's incredible. My a buddy from my hometown, Seth, he was scooping up boxes from all over, all these different stores and sending me pictures. He's like, I got two from this guy and one from this guy. I'm like, slow down, bro. You know, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's great. But, man, 
And he's like, oh, I love him. I can't wait. I, it's it's really it's amazing um, to see that kind of enthusiasm mm-hmm. and appreciation um, for the work. Yeah. And there's a difference between that kind of friend versus the friend who is like, hey, we're having this get together. You think uh, you might be able to supply the the party with, a, you know, a few yeah. treats, you know. I had another buddy literally text me, send me some. Can't wait to try. <laughs> I was like, See you, bro. Uh, <laughs> sorry, did I did I say that? No, I'm just <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, man, it's it's really it's been it's been just in, it's been amazing. Yeah, incredible and amazing. My two Absolutely. favorite words. I overuse them all the time. <laughs> uh, but I don't know what other what other words to use. You know, it's it's yeah. such um, and particularly because the time frame has been so short, and right. um, you know I. There was also so much waiting and anticipation that that can also, you know, go over like a wet fart in church, too. And I was, you know, (laughs) how do you maintain momentum without setting yourself up to um, let people down? That was certainly a tricky balance. um, And I was absolutely concerned that people would be disappointed based on the hype and anticipation that was there. So I'm relieved that. Uh, it seems as though we have met people's expectations and hopefully exceeded them when possible. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I've been curious about with your relationship with Brendan uh, and, and the roles that you guys play when it comes to, because <clears throat> when you have, you know, and, and just for the sake of, of sort of this, this, uh, topic i'm gonna you know sort of put brendan in a box being you know sort of the the finance guy the money the numbers guy you know who handles and makes sure that you know things are stable and and all that uh and i'm not saying that's all he is i'm just saying you know for this for this argument and i know he's you know he's this is not his first rodeo in the cigar world you know obviously but there are certain decisions uh, creatively and maybe production wise that look sometimes really stupid on paper, but you having the experience you have in the cigar industry know that there are certain decisions that while they may look stupid on paper are highly uh, likely to be successful. Have you, have have you guys had any of those maybe slightly tough discussions or maybe even incredibly tough discussions where you're saying, trust me, this is, this is the way we have to do it. This is going to work. And, and he's looking at the numbers going, uh, nope, nope, can't do that. How does that dynamic work between you guys? It, dude, it's great. Okay. I mean, I am, a, I am a, uh, an artist. You know what I mean? I, I go with gut and passion and feelings which is all lovely. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of my artistic background. But there's a term starving artist for a reason, right? And that's because artists are compulsive and we do things based largely on gut and rarely on fiscal responsibility. And so to have a guy like Brendan who has the same affection and reverence for what we are doing as I do. Um, but he is not an artist. 
He would never claim to be. He is a finance guy, uh, but he's a passionate guy. He's not. A, he's not a typical. You know, he's not a passionless CFO. He's very passionate about um, the business. He was passionate about Nat Sherman. He's passionate about Ferio. Um, but he um, he is very patient. He's also a really good um, teacher and explainer. So if he if he does push back on something. He'll always defend it with the why. And it's also neither one of us ever present an idea that is absolute because we both want the same outcome. So if I share an idea that's a little out of left field, he will bring um, a thoughtful response of, well, this is what that looks like. So you're an artist. Like he's really good about taking science and making it art Mm -hmm. so that I can get it. You know, with pictures and and rainbows and unicorns, and, yeah, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But that that's what I need, mm-hmm. and he's really good at doing that. And so throughout this whole process, um, you know, we've made a lot of major decisions in the last eighteen months. But I can't say that we have made one um, where there was uh, a sense of opposition and. One person, one person basically pulled rank and said, "This is the way we're doing it." It was we've. I don't think we've ever come to a, a decision that way. Every major decision we've made, we've made together, with the balance of the art and the science. Yeah. Um, as far as the, um, I, I guess I'll call them the the legacy lines. What is still left on the on the schedule or the plans to be? Um, uh, to be put back on on the market, and do you have any dates in in mind for those yet? So I don't think there's anything left um, okay. that we were planning on what I would call leading with. Okay. So uh, all of Timeless has been released. All of Metropolitan has been released. Now we did buy the Apoca brand, but it was not contemplated to to roll that out um, quickly. Sure. That is a brand that we thought could use some um, some more thinking uh, and strategy behind it. So all four Timeless are in market. All five Metropolitan are in market, plus the two Ferio, uh, Tego, Elegancia and Generoso. What is not in market are some uh, specific sizes that we had before that we don't that we did not bring back yet. And so internally, we're figuring out, do we want to bring them back? And if we do, when? Um, but... You know, we're not naive to the reality that 42 SKUs in three months is a touch aggressive, yeah. <laughs> you know. And uh, so we were really trying to be thoughtful to make sure that everything we released was a proven winner, that there was no size that presented any risk for anyone to bring in. Um, and so that's why, you know, we did not launch with the six by 38 Lancero or a short perfected um, shape and timeless prestige. Also any of those more, what I like, what I like to call those, those um, kind of sore shapes. We waited, we know what the market demands. And even though I happen to love some of those more elegant formats, the reality is they're not huge contributors um, either to our business or to our retail partners business. And so we had to make sure that we we brought out what people need, and then we'll think more thoughtfully about what to do with some of the other sizes. Yeah, 
Now, as far as the the actual, you know, the the Ferry Otego cigars, the Elegancia and the the Generoso, the, there's going to be that's going to be a yearly thing. So there were the 2021s. There's going to be 2022s and so on and so forth. Correct? Yes, sir. The idea really behind those two, uh, the the best analogy I've been able to present is wine. Yeah. So a great winery that you like happens to make a Cabernet and a Chardonnay every year. And that winemaker is going to try and make the same wine or close to the same wine every year, despite the fact that every year the grapes are different based on the harvest and the growing season. Well, even though we're not applying um, vintage per se, we are making the cigars new in every production without necessarily trying to replicate the year before. So we're, we're trying to replicate um, a style, not a specific experience. Okay. Um, because I'd like for there to be a little bit of um, uniqueness to each release to allow them to ebb and flow a bit. But certainly Generoso will always be obviously Generoso. Uh, same with Elegancia. They will be the same style, but there there might be some little, very small fluctuations because we know that the tobaccos that we're using for this year's production, uh, some of them have changed from last year's production. But if we blend to the same specs and then identify a really radical shift in experience, then obviously you tweak a blend to pull it back towards um, what it should be. Yeah. but not with the same deliberate intention that we would say with prestige where when we are um, replacing one tobacco with another one that is, that is uh, exhausted, we are pulling that back to replicate the experience of the cigar itself through that reblending process. We're just not doing that with Ferio. We want to be able to let that kind of uh, breathe a little and be, be yeah. flexible. I'm sorry, Herc. I didn't even ask you what you're smoking and drinking right now. So what what are you uh, what are you enjoying? Oh man, I'm this? I'm having a uh, a Supreme mm-hmm. five uh, fifty four, nice, nice Nicaraguan puro, and I'm drinking a little Amaro, Ooh. which is uh, a bitter aperitif. Yeah. Uh, you know, nice, easy. I was in the mood for it. Yeah, right on. Mm. Um, I, I so I'd like to move away from cigars for just a second. Oh, thank God. Yeah. So, Herc, you just stated, and anybody who doesn't know, you are an artist, uh, you know, music, visually. And what I want to take a trip down is your Instagram. So anybody who hasn't seen Mike's Instagram after the show, go out and do it. It is a joy. Yeah. It truly is. But what I want to do is I want to get into your head a little bit and I want to, I want to know what your process is when you are looking to create the scene, to create, um, you know, these great pictures, what that looks like from a logistic standpoint, take us through the mind of Herc a little bit when, when you're creating these. Bro, you, you, you have just (laughs) given way more credit to the process. Uh, and so now I need to get creative about how to <laughs> live up to that. No, man. I mean, uh, there, I don't, I don't do much. I don't do staging. I don't, uh, 
I don't do any of that, man. I, I, I well, where do you have the camera set up? Because either you have a photographer that follows you around, which mad respect. I, I would respect well, that. I can tell you anytime a photographer takes my picture, there's always photo credit to the photographer. So if you look at like the, the caption, you'll yep. always see a photographer tagged yeah. if a photographer took the photo. But otherwise, no, it's a, it's a phone, maybe a tripod, maybe a book. Could be a windshield, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes a timer, sometimes a video. I'll video, yeah. uh, record, and then screenshot, um, and then you know, a couple. Do you have edits. to be in a mood? Do you have to be in you know like a, a sassy mood or what? Where where's your head at? <laughs> sometimes when... sassy, sometimes yeah. drama. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, man. Um, you know, it's funny. I go through waves. There are times when I'm like, all right, I just need to shoot a bunch of stuff just so I have some content. So when I have yeah. no inspiration, yep. I have something to put up there. Yep. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not an influencer. Like I'm not, you know, posting every day, tagging all the right things, putting the right hashtags. You know, I don't get paid for posts. I don't, you know, any brand right. I put, po- I tag, I tag because I truly love it. Um, and I paid for it. So, you know, I'm not, uh, I don't think I take it as seriously, maybe as it looks like I do. Um, I try and take the Ferry Otego one a little more seriously and be more thoughtful sure. about balancing what I post there. But honestly, it's just nice to post again. Because for, for my last two years of Nat Sherman, there were a lot of restrictions of what I could do because of our ownership. Mm-hmm. I couldn't post brands. I couldn't I couldn't show bands. It was very bizarre. It was almost anonymous. Um which is actually why I kind of changed my posting style to being a little more fashion and a little more New York and a little mm-hmm. more stuff. Cause I couldn't post the stuff I was used to posting. Yep. And in hindsight, I think it actually helped me grow my, um, my network a little, yep. uh, cause it wasn't just all cigar heavy stuff. Uh, but no, I dude, I, I really don't have a, um, I really don't have a secret. I use, there's an app called Visco VSCO mm-hmm. that's, um, that I find helpful for photo editing. Yep. Um, but even just, you know, being more thoughtful about trying to tell a story with a picture. So I'm not just taking a picture of the moment, like cigar, drink, you know, snap, post. Yeah. I think Instagram especially has evolved from being a, what am I doing in the moment to, telling a very specific message about something very specific and stories has become a little bit more of the, what am I doing right now? So I have gotten a little more thoughtful about that, but no, nah, so man, I feel like, um, we just listened to, um, an interview with, uh, a great you're such a clown, bro. Dude, No, <laughs> like you're an artist and I, I know you're just flippantly saying, I just, freaking do these little whatevers but <laughs> in all honesty you have any artist look through your instagram uh they'll see great color contrast great framing uh tells a story and and i'm not trying to like you know get in your pants but i'm Ag- letting again. you know again yeah <laughs> again <laughs> <clears throat> which i appreciate by the way and fairness um, wasn't in yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the outside. It was it was just it was just being helpful. Uh, legit, you've got a great eye, 
And I just wanted to draw attention to that for those who hadn't seen it and, uh, and give you kudos because it, it, it is well done. It's classy. And um, I think we need to see more of that in the industry. Anybody who's looking at upping their Insta game um, could take a few, few lessons from the Herc. Yeah. Well, thanks, man. Yeah, for sure. I'll keep it up. Um, so I, I thought long and hard about whether or not to put this question on here, but I, just because there's so much in the industry going on around this right now, I just want to get your thoughts. Uh, and if, if you have any, you know, to, uh, to share with us, but I'm sure you've seen the kerfuffle going on very recently about, uh, you know, the statement from the PCA about branding and uh, Charlie Minato's letter on half wheel his edit, sorry, not letter editorial on half wheel about all this. Um, what have you seen about, you know, this, this brand cigar branding kerfuffle and what are your, what are your thoughts on everything going around about this? Well, um, I would also throw into the mix, uh, Matthias clock from fine tobacco NYC also wrote uh, a piece prior to Charlie's piece. It may have even been prior to the PCA's piece. Okay. Um, about appropriate branding and marketing and look you just brought up instagram i think that's a that's a very interesting piece of this whole puzzle um one thing i try very hard when i do post things is to make sure that it a is not um a blatant advertisement um that it's a little more discreet um but more importantly that it is profoundly adult yeah um, unquestionably adult. We live in a, in a, in a moment where, you know, sorry, but life's not fair. And what, just because one person is allowed to do something, um, doesn't mean that you're allowed to do something. And we have spent many years as an industry pointing at adjacent industries and saying, yeah, but what about, uh, vape? Yeah, but what about CBD? Yeah, but what about alcohol, cryptocurrency? What about cotton candy flavored vodka? What about uh, uh, pot gummy bears? Yeah, but you know that's not fair. That's not fair. That's well, you know, <laughs> you know, life's not fair. Like it's not fair. We're tobacco. We're different, and so that's just the way it is. And I'm a huge fan of being innovative and being disruptive. Huge fan of thinking differently and shaking things up. For most businesses, when you wanna innovate and disrupt, you push and push till you get to the line, and then you consider how much you can blur that line to disrupt and stand out, knowing that what is on the line is your business and reputation. The difference with our industry in this particular moment is that what's on the line is the industry. And I am all for thinking differently and I'm all for being innovative and disruptive. But as you get close to the line of what could be perceived as inappropriate, attractive to youth, uh, you name it disrespectful when you get to the line you have to ask yourself 
what is at stake and is it worth it? And I believe that when we are standing at the line, there are differing opinions clearly as to um, what the responsibility is to an individual, to an individual company or to an entire industry. Um, I have explored what some of those opinions are. Um, and I tend to be in the camp of um, being more cautious and being respectful and being thoughtful with the belief that uh, a rising tide will uh, raise all ships. That's a camp that I like to be in. Um, and I believe that within that school, we have been able to think differently. We've been able to be innovative. We've been able to disrupt to a degree. Um, and we've been able to have a very successful business. But we have done all of that with profound um, admiration and respect for the people in the companies who have come before us. And we do it with the truest intention of continuing to pave the way for people who will come after us. The last thing I want this business to be is more difficult for people. We should be helping to pave the way. And I believe wholeheartedly that that is what a lot of companies have done over the decades that have, that have made my growth as in my career. And certainly with Ferry Otego, maybe a little easier than what they had to do. Uh, so, you know, this kick your heels in and, and suggest that somehow, um, you know, the industry is, is going in the wrong direction. I, I think it's, um, it's obviously not rooted in fact, because all facts indicate that our industry is moving in the right direction. And in fact, not just moving in the right direction, but moving in the right direction together, despite the fact that mm -hmm. of course we are, um, frayed in our fringes like the country is like families are you know there's always something far left and far right but largely speaking as a premium cigar industry we've never been more aligned than we are today and so uh i i look at some of the more disruptive um innovative um creators and I admire what they do. I think they're incredibly, um, incredibly creative. Uh, I think they can channel that creativity in a slightly more thoughtful way that would be considerate of the rest of the industry. Now they don't have to, and they can just keep doing what they, what they're doing. But uh, you know, we are, we are an industry that has a tremendous amount of dignity. You know, we're a simple business. And over the years, that simple farmer mentality has grown. Um, and the small family business model has grown. And so now you've got a much more mature industry than ever with way more resources than ever. We're also more educated than ever. And we know what's at stake. You know, we never had a seat at the table with, uh, with Washington DC and, and lawmakers that was earned, not just through time and, and, and hard work, 
but with money, with actual dollars. And the only place that money came from was from businesses and business owners. And, you know, now those business owners are, are being criticized with being too cautious or dinosaurs or, or you know, uh, somehow being complicit in the process. It's just, you know, those opinions simply aren't rooted in fact. And I personally, I, I like to stick with the facts and I like to um, look at what I know to be true. And I'll tell you that whether it's the Fuentes or the Newmans or Rocky Patel or uh, Altidus in general, um, Holtz, you know, I, Padron, they have spent an inordinate amount of time and money. Uh, retailers too. Jay has been in Washington. Jeff, we mentioned Jeff at Corona. He spent yeah. a ridiculous amount of time, of time. Yeah. In, in Washington and money. So, uh, you know, I mean, look, if the premium cigar industry wasn't going in the right direction, what smart business entrepreneur would say, you know what? I'm going to get into this dying business because <laughs> I'm going to turn it around and save it myself. That's, I don't know, you know, I know a lot of smart people and anyone who's an entrepreneur, I think is smart and takes risk and no one takes risk based on a lead balloon model. You take risk because you see an opportunity to grow. And so I look at, you know, anyone who is passionate enough and brave enough to be in the premium cigar industry as an entrepreneur deserves um, an opinion and deserves the right to do what they want to do, but not at the expense of all the people who have come before, who have, who have made it a little bit easier um, along the way. So I, I think um, a dose of gratitude goes a long way. And here's my, here's my final um, piece. I think just culturally, not about this subject, but about everything, before you say something that is uh, at best an opinion or at worst advice, you should say it in a mirror first just to see if it might apply to you. Uh, I believe that wholeheartedly. So if I'm going to suggest that, um, that what someone else is doing is wrong and I can state why, I damn well better be sure that I'm not guilty of exactly the same thing, perhaps in the exact opposite way. Um, but the root could be the same. I think there, there are uh, way more things that we are aligned on as an industry. I think the majority of the participants in this industry are aligned in being thoughtful and being um, civilized. And I think even for the fringe, um, who think radically different than many, uh, I think they too share the same passion and conviction. And if perhaps they would consider that the way they feel is exactly the way the person with the opposite opinion feels, um, it might lend um, a touch more grace and understanding um, to a more open conversation. And I think that um, spending time trying to understand the other side versus spending all your time screaming about what you believe to be true 
uh, might do us all a bit of good. Well put. Yeah, very well said. Uh, and I would just like to add that I feel as though th- there's a handful of, maybe not even a handful, but a few of the boutique brands that have uh, gotten um, thrown under the bus and some of the bigger boys have been left out of, you know, that, that, uh, that road. Let's face it. Some of the, some of the, um, the loudest participants in the conversation of what I would call the, um, uh, the disruptor crew, which is not a criticism, right? That's a compliment. Right. right. Yep. Um, the, the loudest voices of the disruptors today were certainly not the um, the original innovators of the ideas. So right. I think you're right. A lot of some of that early um, disruptive marketing was coming from um, established brands. Yeah, what are now considered legacy brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think we're also, um, we start to split hairs about where the line is. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, yep. you know, is it, is it colors? Well, colors might've been the line, but maybe we didn't think so in 2014. But what we know today is that the FDA believes that colors can be attractive. And if they can be, well, that's new information. Yeah. And so I know that's not fair that someone else got to do it. And now, you know, you have to make a different decision. But that's the way it goes. You know, there was a time when you used to be able to drink and drive and now you can't. And that's not fair. Well, that's because we learned some things along the way. And what we've learned is that, uh, you know, it's not a good idea. So if we've learned that, in fact, some of these colors have been proven uh, to be attractive to youth or could be or could be argued that they could be. Right, they could be perceived to be. I'm not using those colors. Yeah, like no problem. I take them out of the cram box. I work with what I have, and then think differently. True disruptors disrupt based on you know the the guidelines and rules. You know, if you're if you want to be a real disruptor, you don't just break all the rules. Yep, you learn how to play in the rules, and and change it up. And I think all these guys are so incredibly talented. Um, this latest school of, of disruptors, uh, you know, I really, they have my admiration. I've said it to a lot of them that I just think what they're doing is incredible, especially post COVID. I mean, Mm -hmm. really finger on the pulse ahead of the pack. Yeah. But let's not be, you know, you, you, you got inspired by one interesting idea You've doubled down and made it better. But now, you know, we're the, the wheels are starting to fall off here. So let's make sure we're not completely falling apart. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really well put. Good uh, stuff. It's been uh there, there's there's a lot of info going out around about it, and and obviously, you know, we live in the age of social media, so um, you know, everybody's uh everybody's sharing their their thoughts and opinions about it um but we also know that that too has changed the game the greatest advantage to our industry has also become our greatest risk yeah with every eye that's able to see anything 
that is a serious problem. Yeah. And, you know, I've even gone back and relooked at my feed, my own Instagram feed, to see, you know, uh, after this last report came out, which I read and watched, um, that that uh, they specifically identified that premium cigar brands are using social media to make it appear that um, that premium cigars are a healthier lifestyle. Right. You know, I, I hope I didn't do that. So yeah. I've gone back and looked, you know, like what, what could I do to help, you know, make sure that my messaging is, uh, is not attractive to youth. And let's face it. I don't think a lot of youth are attracted to wearing suits smoking things that smell bad and are expensive and arguably taste bad and drinking things that taste bad with it. You know, all of those things I think compounded would suggest that, that the concerns that they've raised in those reports, they are right to raise them. But I think the way they phrase them is also important, which is yeah. could be not is right. And if we are only at what they've hypothesized as 1% of the population using premium, largely white, older men, of that 1%, that report basically says that we don't have the problem that some people hypothesize we do. True. But the last thing we need is one example. You just yeah. need one exhibit in a trial to present reasonable doubt. That's all they need. We don't need reasonable doubt. Yeah. We need absolutely no doubt. Right. And the, the other big thing about the social media piece is like we're doing right now. I mean, it's obviously virtual. We're not in the same room, but social media changes the dynamic of conversation and the dynamic of, of friendly debate. Um, even, even heated debate when you're, when you're in a room together with somebody specifically in this case, consenting adults, enjoying premium cigars together, having difficult conversations, it changes the dynamic of, of, and, and, and let's even take it outside of the cigar world. It could be politics. It could be family. It could be religion. It could be finance. It could be crypto. It could be any type, any subject of conversation. Social media changes the dynamic where you don't converse with people and you don't, you don't disagree with people the same way you do through social media as you do in person. And I think some of the some of the um, disagreements that have gone back and forth on this branding subject for the last few weeks have been too. In from what I've seen, there have been too many unfortunate instances of the the social media. Bro, so, sorry, sorry to cut you off. The, no, the go problem for it. is. There has not been a conversation, not once. There has not been a conversation. There have been independent monologues, whether short or long, being either recorded or posted or presented, but it's not been a dialogue. It's been right. one side goes, then the other side goes. Right. Nothing is resolved that way because no one truly listens in order to come to some sort of and agree yeah. agreements can't happen yeah. post after post. And agreements kind of, happen when you sit down and have a conversation. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that conversation can't happen over social media. 
And no. and that's why. And it's, by the way, it shouldn't. Conversations correct. are about one opinion versus another opinion and the ability to find common ground and mutual respect. That's a conversation. This has become a sport. Right. Where, yes. you know, it's not just me, but it's me. And I'm going to rally my crusade to start posting opinions. My and team. then that's going to be met with another set of dissenting opinions. Yeah. It's happening in politics. It's hap- yeah. It happens in restaurant reviews. It happens in every facet. Because in, in social media, you are not required to stop, listen, and consider a response. Right. You just don't uh, have to. And it's a shame. And our young people are going to have a hell of a time in life. Oh, you know, yeah. having to have actual conversations. Yeah. 100%. I, so we so got, some of the old people. We got a ball python for, for my son. And um, um, he was having a hard time feeding him. Didn't, you know, uh, going through. And we were on this web forum looking at you know the best techniques for feeding your ball python and we're looking in the comment section after reading all of this you know information by a reputable um you know reptile guy and the comments were like if you don't feed your ball pythons you know uh live rats you're an asshole and Another person is like, if you don't feed them frozen, you're cruel because it could bite the snake. And my son was like, well, what the shit is this? I don't know what to do with this now because, yeah. you know, and that's the world we live in with all of these hyper aggressive opinions about everything. There's there's this digital. Wall. It doesn't matter what the subject matter is. Right. You, there's this digital wall that separates you and pe- people on both sides, just one one guy on this side lobs a grenade over the wall. And then the other gra- guy on the other side of the wall is like, fuck you, and lobs a grenade over the other side of the yeah. wall, back and forth and back and forth. But, but the problem is that generally the people who participate in that type of worthless right. uh, sportsmanship yeah. are only the fringe. Yes. Which mm-hmm. goes back to my point earlier, which you're talking about this kerfuff- kerfluffle about marketing and and branding there's actually not a kerfluffle because in fact the majority of the premium cigar industry is completely aligned yeah that we need to stay uh within the parameters of what is unquestionably appropriate that's not a kerfluffle that's actually largely aligned the kerfluffle only occurs in uh highly animated uh social platforms yeah you know and it just it's typically the 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 loudest of the conversations that are being had absolutely and those but are the ones that the reality attention. is it's not the yeah. majority correct and the people who are actually the people who are actually putting in the work and busy with their hands in this industry day in and day out they're they're not they're too busy to be on social media uh barking back and forth at people yep they're not the ones on there doing all this have you guys read trust me i'm lying no no who wrote it okay everybody should read this book um uh forget the author's name but if you just i'll look it up right now if you look it up um the the premise this guy uh, i want to say starting in like 2008 he was hired by 
every corporation, every media outlet you could think of to manufacture stories that either contained a little bit of truth to no truth at all, just to get buzz about a particular anything. It could be a political thing. It could be a, a business thing. But that book enlightened me a lot about how social media and information is spread, how misinformation is spread, and how it's trusted. If you get one blogger to write an article or even to cite your article and just the, the firestorm that happens, there are companies that are making millions of dollars manufacturing information. And this isn't like tinfoil hat shit. This is stuff that is going on and how our information is being spread. Yeah. Uh, fantastic book. This guy finally got sick of being a part of uh, the, the media monster that was spreading disinformation, got a bit of a conscience and wrote this book. And so it's fantastic. Ryan Holiday. Ryan Holiday. That's right. Great book. Everybody should read it. But did you uh, really read it or are you lying? 100%. No. I'll, I'll show you. Because you said, trust me, I'm lying. Trust me. <laughs> Actually, the book doesn't exist. There is no book called Trust Me, I'm Lying. Yeah, I wouldn't think that, it's unfortunate. Wouldn't... But listen, as as someone who went through and experienced oh, yes. the fervor of fringe yes. on social media, when you, um, when you get wrapped up in it, it feels like it's real like it's the most important biggest problem we face but when you actually turn it off and just start having actual conversations like right. i did in 2018 customer by customer you know it wasn't as big a problem as as it was as it was made out to be right yeah we just want people to get um get having real real conversations again face to face and and it's a it's an art that we're losing with social media. The, the art of conversation. The art of conversation. Absolutely. Being able to have conversation is is well. If this one is any any indication, we are clearly headed in the wrong direction. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, is it time? Ooh, I think it's time. Is it time? It is time. All right. It is now time for this week's numero. De los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. And guys, before we jump into this week's Numero de los Muertos, remember from our sponsor, Smoke In, if you guys go to smokein.com, pick the items you want, put them in your cart at checkout, put in the code HBTC15, you will get 15% off your order. Ooh. So go to smokein.com, use promo code HBTC15. So You should also go yeah. watch The Great Smoke. You should go watch. If you didn't the great watch smoke. the Great Smoke. Go yeah. watch the Great Smoke. See what you missed, and make damn sure that you're there next year. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's, it's worth it just to watch Abe dance. 
that is something. Definitely. Some moments are more memorable than others. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So episode 150, what do you have for us this week? This week is fun. Well, it's fun. Um, all right. In the U.S., an average of, and this is a 20-year average, 400 people a year die doing this. 20-year average in the United States, 20 people a year die from this. 400 people. 400 people is what I meant to say. Yep. A year die from this. Yep. Is it a voluntary action? Yes. Is that is a great action? question. Is it an action that one does alone or in a group? Uh, both. Oh, that changes things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know the numbers on I, that. I don't think anybody's ever died from that. No, it's I mean guess, maybe though, maybe their pride. Yeah, their pride maybe died. Died yeah. during that, but not mine. Uh, not does it poisoning. affect men and women? Um, it mm. does, but it's uh, it's like ninety percent men, ten percent women, because men are idiots. Um, Mitchell, it is. Oh, it's a, so it's a sport. Mm -hmm. It is it a is it a uh, nationally recognized sport? No. Is it a team sport? It can be, but don't think of it like that. Is it a drinking sport? No. <laughs> Is it a contact sport? No. This is not a professional sport. Um, not a not a recognized professional sport. Some people do it for their profession. So there's no, this isn't like something where you can watch, you know, the whatever, whatever league on, you know, the Ocho at 3 a.m. Well, there are places you can watch it oh. on, on uh, there are uh, outfits is that it, do cover this. Is it killed by a dart throwing darts? No, that's good, though. Uh, it is not Fight Club. It is a land sport. I love you, Todd. A heart attack while playing boxing. Retro hailing? No, it's not retro hailing. No, it's not retro no. hailing. Did you say uh, yard sport? Uh, land. Land sport. Is yep. it a yard sport? No. Is it? Is it played with a ball? No. Not darts. Animals are not involved. Are projectiles involved? No. Is it a fast sport or a slow yes, sport? It is a fast sport. Is our vehicles involved? Yes. Motor vehicles? Yes. Is it auto racing? I need specifics. Oh. Is this like uh, car racing? Like go kart racing? <clears throat> nope. <coughs> Don't get excited. <laughs> We're getting there. We're so close. Uh, four wheel vehicles? Mm hmm. These are motorized vehicles. Correct. Not mud, so. uh, uh, like mud racing with uh, ATVs. Nope. Is it drag racing? You're really close. Kind of close. Not not demolition or destruction derby. 
Oh, dem I used to love Demolition Derby when I was a kid. <laughs> Jay, I think you have a story. There. Motorcycle racing while doing tequila shots. Yeah, Jay, we need to hear that story. It is not Derby. Motor vehicle on land. It's it involves speed. Yeah. Fast sport. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not drag racing. Well, I'm looking for funny funny car race. I mm -hmm. mean, a specific kind of drag racing. It's illegal. Oh, illegal like street racing? It is street racing. And I'm going to give it to Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Because he answered the same time you said it. Which, which means, means he typed it in like five seconds ago yep. or 20 seconds ago. Yep. So, because there's a delay. So, 400 mostly men between the ages of 18 and 24, uh, about 400 die every year from street racing. Probably don't get a lot of that in New York City. No, can't go for it. Actually, you know what? During COVID, there was actually quite a lot. Was there really? Oh, yeah, it was a big problem. Sense. When the when the streets shut down and or wasn't a lot of people out. Yeah. It was a big problem. Was it really? Yeah. Dirt bikes <laughs> tearing up tearing up Times Square. It was a Seriously. serious problem. Serious problem. Wow. My firm actually has an office right there in Times Square. And and yeah, it's been it's still pretty much vacant. I mean, I think maybe one or two people go there a week, but that's about it, really. It's too bad. It's very expensive real estate. But you know, is what it is. So that so yeah, don't don't go street racing. Moral mm -hmm. of the story. Yeah, moral of the story. All right, that was this week's numero, numero de los muertos. All right, it is time for the lightning round brought to us by our friends at JC Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right, so we have some fresh new lightning round questions since you are an old hat to how about that cigar live so bring it let's say the zombie apocalypse is coming who are the three cigar industry people that you want on your team to fight off the zombie horde uh zombie apocalypse um Johnny Oliva, because he's always posting photos with guns and hunting. There you go. Mm -hmm. um, Skip Martin, because mm -hmm. he would definitely have booze to negotiate, <laughs> but also a veteran. Yeah. So he'd, he'd be able to, you know. Yep. He's got an arsenal, too. He's also a big yep. gun guy. Yep. Yep. Well, not, yeah, he's got a lot of guns. Uh, I mean, he has no guns. If the government's asking, he doesn't. Yeah, have any he doesn't guns. have any guns. They're all... not real guns. They're yeah, uh, they're yeah. NFTs. NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> Johnny Oliva, Skip Martin. Who would be third? Uh, Kim Keeney. Wow. 
All right, I need I need yeah. not to, not to sound like a sexist asshole, but I need some qualification here. Some some expl further explanation, I mean, is what I need. She's one of the smartest people I've met in this business. Right on. I love it. Yep. She's beautiful. She is. And I think the zombies would just be so confused. <laughs> I love like, that. That's what is fantastic. happening that I feel with a high degree of confidence we would be able to overtake them. That is fantastic. I love That's a it. great team. All right. So you're out with uh you're out with friends at a cigar bar one night and it's karaoke night at the cigar bar and they're they they force you to get up and sing one song what song do you pick i have to sing yes see i mean like 10 years ago it would have been journey but i don't have the range anymore so uh what am i gonna sing what am i gonna sing Listen, nothing gets a crowd going like Sweet Caroline. Oh. I mean, you want to yeah. own a bar, own the crowd. Yeah. Sweet Caroline. Absolutely. Otherwise, Journey, but I don't have the range for that either. You know, and, and if I had to pick a song for you, it would be probably Fly Me to the Moon. Ooh, so oh, the crooner that. kind of stuff? Yeah. You know... You talk about a buzzkill, you know, every, like nothing makes me more uncomfortable than watching a grown man in a bar sing like Sinatra or uh, Dean Martin because, yeah. and they're always, they snap and they snap on the wrong beats. Right. They put their eyebrow up. They snap you know, on and morning you know, three. Like, they, are, they are living their best <laughs> life and they're like, you know. <laughs> and like every, you know, like people are rooting them on, but you know, deep down, someone's like, "Oh, what a douche!" Yeah, you know. <laughs> and so, they're no, they've had be... like they've had like seven or eight white wine spritzers. And... Yeah, it's terrible, <laughs> terrible. No, it's got to be a real crowd favorite that everyone can sing yes, to. I love it. Sweet yeah. Caroline is some, good. some other. What's another like good anthem? If it wasn't like Sweet Caroline, what's another sing like? Along. Yeah, sing alongs are the best. Like. Something even, Bon Jovi, even duets. Oh, yeah. Get somebody up there and sing "Summer Nights" from Greece, or Ooh. you know, something that everybody sings along with. Those are always the best because I don't know, now you're starting to hit the musical theater thing that gets well. A little touchy. But, I mean, that's you know, it's sort of Sweet Caroline. Final answer. Move on. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, if you could have an unlimited supply of one thing, and you can't include cigars or booze or money or money. If you could have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? Time. Oh, oh, I should take that off the table, but it's a great answer. From now on, I'm taking that off the table. But yeah, I. Yeah. As long as I, as long thing. as I, as long as I could turn it off eventually, like I don't want to be, you know, <laughs> right, four thousand years old. Yeah. Yeah. But, eventually. You know, I'd like to, Eventually, yeah. you would want that off switch. Like, okay, I'm, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm done. I'm yep. tapping out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's man, that's a super great answer. Um, so let's uh, let's move into this week's notable smokable, brought to us by our friends at Ace Prime Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. 
So each week we name a cigar that's notable to us that we had recently. Uh, could be new, could be old, could be anything in between. Um, so, Michael, what have you smoked recently uh, that really kind of caught your attention, even if it's, you know, something that you've tried for the first time in many, many years? Uh, I'll give you a couple. Uh, when I was in DR right before Great Smoke, um, I smoked some of the 2022 Elegancias at Aging Room, and I'm super pumped and pleased with what those are doing. They're just great. Um, yesterday, no, not yesterday. That was a weekend. Last week, I smoked a, uh, I still have the band here. Um, one of the Blue Opus ones. Oh, the 20th. Oh, so good. Ugh. And, uh. I, I really, um, I enjoyed it. You know, Opus for me is one of those things that um, I have a, just my affection for that brand is so deep um, just because I remember um, wanting it and it being out of reach, Yeah, you know, as a, as a young consumer. And then I met Carlito uh, my first paid gig as a musician that's right was oh, yeah, this one yeah. day dinner and he gave me an opus and uh you know that just there's something about it that it just you know i this certain moments where i just feel like that's what i need not even for flavor but for inspiration and for like emotional reset this there's something about an opus that just does that for me yeah. Um, so that was really nice. And then, um, honestly, I'm loving the hell out of this. You know, I'm still like rediscovering and re-exploring our brands and blends. Yeah. And, um, you know, I always enjoyed the, uh, Supreme blend, but the 554 format didn't exist. It was a 556. Yeah. We moved it to a 554 to create a little more, uh, even range. And there's just something about this 554 that is slamming. Love it. What was yours this week, Garrett? Well, so uh, this past weekend, uh, there's a, a get-together down in Indiana at Ristafari, and our good friend Todd Fickner um, was more than generous with several cigars that he brought down, yes. but one in particular um, that uh, we smoked to commemorate uh, passing of our friend um, Tim Suitcamp, and it was the MJ. Um, yeah, the MJ twenty three. MJ twenty three, and what uh, I mean, uh, it's just a it's an iconic cigar, and it was uh, the environment, and it was the the you know memories, and um, so that will be a cigar and a time that I'll remember for many years. Yeah, that was definitely up there. Um, one that I actually just smoked earlier today uh, was I bought a box of the Agonorsa Leaf uh, Anniversario uh, Figurado that were the Great Smoke exclusive uh, release from uh, from Terrence and the team over there at Agonorsa Leva. I, I just opened the box today and smoked the first one. And it's that, that, that Figurado size is just absolutely off the charts ridiculous so so good we talked about that in the interview with terrence about that well, format specifically the the mm -hmm. medio tempo that they use in the blend and uh it was a great conversation 
I haven't had it yet, but it's on my list to hit. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant cigar. Works perfectly in that size. Uh, So that was this week's Notable Smokables brought to us by Ace Prime. Improving lives through fine cigars. Please visit aceprime.com to learn more. Uh, So to give our viewers and listeners an idea of some cool stuff we have coming up next week on the 21st, we have Ram Rodriguez from El Artista Cigars. And on the 28th of this month, we have none other than John Carney from La Flor Dominicana. John who? John who? John. (laughs) So, uh, Michael, give our viewers and listeners a final idea. Where is the best place for everybody to keep up with everything going on with Ferio Tego? So all things Ferio Tego specifically, um, you can see us uh, Ferio Tego on Instagram, Ferio Tego on Facebook, FerioTago.com, and Ferio Tego Cigars on Twitter. And uh, for everything me, it's just Michael Herklotz. Right on. Check out that Insta. Check out that Insta. Check out the Insta. So, uh, yeah, man, we can't thank you enough. It's always a pleasure having you on the show. Um, Always a pleasure chatting with you, whether it's Mm -hmm. in person or virtual. Um, And we wish you a fantastic rest of 2022. And can't wait to see you at PCA and uh, any any events, uh, you know, before uh, and after that as well. So have a fantastic year and we will see you again soon. Likewise. And I just want to say to you guys, you do an unbelievable job. I know it's not easy cranking out these shows every week and making them fun and finding new guests you know it's it's a lot of work and you guys do a hell of a great job so thank you keep it up and i certainly appreciate the support thank you very much uh so yeah guys thank you so much for watching us on facebook live and youtube live thank you so much especially for listening on the audio podcast uh please make sure take a second on the audio pack podcast make sure you're subscribed make sure you hit the five stars um, if you're watching on YouTube and you haven't subscribed yet, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel. Watching is fantastic, but subscribing is better. Uh, and on the YouTube, or I'm sorry, on the Facebook as well. Um, you know, thank you as always for watching, but make sure you follow the page and like the page. Um, that way you won't miss any time we go live. Um, if you guys have questions for Garrett or myself, make sure to uh, email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. And as always, guys, burn cigars, not bridges. Yeah, thanks, thanks everybody.